This is Power Athlete Radio. With your host, Denny Kaye, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. Power Athlete Radio. This is Steve. I'm here with Denny and the Luke Summers. What's up, guys? <laughs> What's going on, dude? We're official. What's going on, everybody? I uh, want to give a shout out to Ingo. Uh, we're official. We've got an intro song now. Yeah, dude. And not only one thing that you failed to mention here, Playtech, is I'm huddled in a room, our stock room with Callie and Ben. That's true. <laughs> That's true. And we're, Power Athlete Nation has the whole crew. The trifecta, we call ourselves the three pillars of strength. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the humility of this group is astounding. Um, all right, cool. So, uh, Denny, uh, Luke, Callie, Ben, let's get started. Um, so the Open's over. Um, all five wads done. Forget about it. It's history for me. Um, well, I'm happy to be done with it. What are your thoughts on the end of the Open? I'm glad it's over. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, you know what? I'm I'm cool. I'm cool. Kind of in hindsight, when I look, I, I kind of feel uh, my conditioning. You know, I had the capacity to put out decent numbers in those workouts, and um, I'm I'm happy with my overall effort. Could I get better? You know, could I could I have done better? Sure, and it gives me something to shoot for next year. Did you guys do the workouts more than once? No, I just did them once. I did uh, one workout more than once. I did the Which snatch one? workout. Yeah. The, uh, what was that, 13.1? Because with the first try, I got that 165-pound snatch, and I dropped it on my head. And that didn't feel good. So I did it again, and I ended up getting 11, 11 snatches at that weight. So I was pleased with that. At the end of the day, it didn't matter. I mean, I'm going to be in a master's division next year. I'm not going to the games. It's uh, It was just fun for us to compete at our gym and, uh, you know, see if I could still hang with the young boys. Yeah, same thing here. We had we got some pretty solid buy-in from our clients. I think we had like 25 people on the team. Nice. Um, Callie, is the, Callie duped me into doing that one twice. We were actually on the road in Springfield at CrossFit TNT. And... I, I swear to you, in my head, I was never doing that workout again. <laughs> and then she she made me do it at lunch. At, we did lunch, right? Lunch time. And like I didn't. I went to that place, you know, and I I got a couple more reps. I got. Anyways, it worked out for the better. But then I had to present, and I'm like still sweating <laughs> and like sweating through my shirt, and I'm still breathing and still that rib cramp. It was awful. And then Callie's over there, just fine. Callie's a real like Callie has work capacity. I'm more of like a. I'm not really a Swiss Army knife. I'm more of like a machete, you know. <laughs> I'm only good at one thing. Yeah, yeah. But did you do? Did you do one Um, or you one and done all the way. Through? I think I was one and done all the way through. Yeah, I just couldn't wrap my head around. Like, you know, I mean, I'll tell you what. Once I signed a team up for the Power Athlete Series, uh, Power Athlete Team Series, I kind of lost interest in the Open. That's just kind of. I know what you're talking about, Steve. As soon as the Team Series came out and 
I started thinking of because uh, we got our team assembled and we just hashed out some dates where we can start training together just to kind of build a rapport and kind of all my focus and energy was going there. Yeah. You know, I didn't really care about 15 chest of bars and 15 thrusters in four minutes, man. I wanted to deadlift big weight. Yeah. You know, I was thinking power clean. Did you guys come up with a team name? No, no, don't want to label it too much. That'll just kind of come at the right moment. Right. It'll just be like appropriate. Big daddy. K. Big daddy. K. <laughs> that's right original original title like that yeah I, we're gonna be called the uh east coast peacocks <laughs> i'm just teasing <laughs> in terms no in terms of the open it was fun it was fun for our gym it was i mean as much as i i haven't really dreaded a workout like some of those in a long time so it was just kind of you know eye-opening to get back into that thing uh, that whole mindset of do I really have to do this right now? Like, am I really going to suffer for these four minutes? Yeah. You know, why am I doing this to myself? But you walk out on the other end uh, with a sense of accomplishment as a lot of the members did. But now it's time to kind of get back to the deal and start training for, you know, what's in our wheelhouse. And that's going to be some of the stuff that we experiment with on our end. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, uh, can one of you guys give us an update? Are there, or, or I don't know if there are, are there any updates on the team series? Kelly. Updates on Team Series, we're launching our first one uh, this weekend in Maryland. So that's uh, pretty exciting. Um, we finalized all of our Metcon and uh, kind of uh, all the standards for them. So that's it's pretty exciting for us because I think that that's going to be the thing that differentiates this uh, series from other competitions. But uh, other than that, I mean, uh, the updates are that, um, that the – you know, the registrations are, are going really well and they, these things are filling up. So, um, you know, we're, we're pretty pumped. Nice. Now, are the Metcons going to be the same across locations? No, they're no. going to be changed. Yep. Okay. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give us any insight of what they're going to look like? <laughs> We've given, we do have a lot of good things, I think. Um, so think of this. It's going to be hard, heavy, and fast. <sighs> Fast. I mean, fast. Fast is relative, right? <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> cool, cool. Now, um, can you any team names for this weekend that are interesting? Uh, we no, we haven't uh, we haven't uh, seen any of the team names yet. But I know that uh, I personally know some teams that are coming out with pretty unique team names. I'm not going to give them away because of the uh, shock effect of the of competition day, but. Um, but yeah, we I do know that there are, without naming names, there are some athletes who have signed up for multiple team series events because they want to take uh, take it all home. And so I th- I found that to be pretty interesting. Um, that the, the same teams will be traveling to multiple events, which is exciting. Um, now, what about video coverage? As the team series, are we going to get any um, sort of video coverage, or are you guys going to be walking around with those those chest? cam go cam things that you're playing with on the power athlete site yeah dude uh, gopro gave us some some go. video cameras that are these things are the best but i remember i day and i were on email and he's like why don't you guys just stream it live and here's why because it's me callie and ben and we're not like as much as i'd like to be a mad scientist with all this crazy stuff uh 
we don't have like a remote internet connection and whatever craziness you need, Denny. So sorry about that. What is going to be live is our scoring. Oh, so cool. You'll be able to check the score. And it, as soon as we update the score at the event, it will be up to date on our site and on the scoring site. And then at the conclusion of the event, you'll be able to uh, see everyone's lifts. So we'll link up the, uh, the GoPro footage with the lifts and the Metcon so that uh, people can look back and see how awesome they are or check on other people's lifts. Um, so that, that's pretty cool. That sounds awesome. I'm stoked. We're signed up for Atlanta, so hopefully we're one. Yeah. Hopefully we win. I told my team we were going to win, and I think I'll be lynched if we don't win. So <laughs> I know we we're like I said, we're getting ready to to train, build up a rapport, and uh, we're we're going to win it in Chicago. Nice, nice. Hey, uh, Luke. Last week or last episode, we talked with uh, Callie and. Uh, there was some conversation about uh, the difference or the benefits between power and full versions of the Olympic lifts. And she gave a really good answer about that. But I was wondering your thoughts on that. What are you training for? <laughs> I, I, I read that uh, the comment or the article or whatever that kind of stirred up this whole deal. And within our philosophy and our methodology, in terms of training for performance, we put a bias on your ability to displace a whole bunch of force in a very short amount of time across a vertical vector. So what we like is a pull that is conducive to a long, violent hip extension. Now, what we know is on a power clean, you have to have a nice long pull, or on a power snatch, you have to have a nice long pull because you have to pull the weight higher. Uh, is that going to make you a better Olympic lifter? I don't know. I'm not going to say it is because I don't care. It's irrelevant. So which one's better? You have to tell me contextually what you're training for. If I have a kid in here and I have him for eight weeks, I'm not going to teach him the intricacies of a full snatch just to say he's a more skilled athlete. At a certain point, you have to determine you know, what's, what's worth the squeeze. You know, If I can get a guy to even do snatch pulls super heavy and violent snatch pulls and it looks good and they have good posture, then I'm going to have them do that. I don't really care about the catch. Awesome. Could you elaborate on uh, when you were talking about the importance of eccentric loading? Whose kid is that? <laughs> that's that's mine. She gets all excited when she hears daddy talk. She gets yeah. all excited when she hears about vertical Ecent vectors. Yeah, eccentric loading. So huge fan. Uh, yeah. You, we well, talked I mean, about that thing. on an email communication. Can you just kind of talk about that for a minute, like eccentric loading in sports? That's kind of what I got the feel from where you were going with that. Right, right. Well, in terms of, I mean, one thing you you can observe when you look at a full lift is you, you avoid the eccentric load, right? You basically pull yourself under the bar and it's all concentric movement. But in terms of training for sport, there, you know, very rarely in sport are you not eccentrically loading. You know, it's your body weight, but you're going to be eccentrically loading and going into concentric movement. So you're talking about running, jumping, uh, hitting. What else, Ben? Going up for in soccer, going to headers and like, yeah, being being hit while in the air, being able to control. Yeah. landing. Uh, at the end of the day, we need to build competency and strength in eccentric loading. So I don't know. That's my that's my deal on that. I mean, is that what you're talking about, Denny? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good uh, a good explanation. I mean, 
But that's not, I guess that's not to say if a kid or a guy comes in and is trained in the Olympic lifts, is there a place for him in a program? Yeah, maybe we could evaluate that. But at the end of the day, what our whole system is about, and it's not, I guess it, it's not the best business model, but we're about accessibility, simplicity, keeping it simple. If I make it super complicated and I need to sell you this bell and whistle to enable you to do this and this and this, that sounds like I have a great business model to sell you a whole bunch of bullshit and overcomplicate it for you because you need me. But what we're doing is we're saying, hey, all you need is a coach to enforce, that has a good coach side that can enforce posture, position, stability, and build that. And the movement patterns are extremely simple. Pull, push, that's it. Go, yeah. run fast, jump high. You know, one of the things you said to uh, in an email to me, uh, and maybe Denny, you were on this email too, is that um, be great to be able to snatch 300 pounds, but it's a, I think it's more impressive to be able to power snatch close to 300 pounds. It's something, uh, I mean, there's just something just so much more impressive of that. And the other thing you said is um, you're not going to take a young kid uh, or, or anybody who's coming in to train for, for athletics and teach them to retreat from the bar. And I really took that to heart. Because uh, that's one of the essences. Of, I mean, if you're training for Olympic lifting and you're you're moving big weights overhead and that's all you're training for, of course, you have to retreat under the bar. But other than that, there are a few sports in which retreat is part of the, or the name of the game. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, that's one methodology, too. I mean, the mental side of it. We just want you to be strong. We want you to be able to pull a lot of weight. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Awesome. All right. Dan. If you can do both, good, good on you. But like, don't, I'm not going to pretend like someone's ability, inability to receive a bar for a full snatch movement is going to be a huge biomarker in terms of athletic performance, in terms of field sports within that circle. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to say anyone else is wrong or right on this deal. It's, you have to establish context. If you're an Olympic lifter, or even a CrossFitter, you got it. You have to have that skill. Awesome. So. I agree. I, I think people just, you know, they, they want, they want, they want either or, you know, black and white. Tell me, tell me the power lifting version. The power version is better than the full version or tell me the full version is better and why, you yeah, know, I mean, Greg Everett says to, to like get the pole and then kind of ride down eccentrically. And, and I, I totally agree with that, you know, and then when I know I go work with an Olympic lifting coach and he wants me to get fast under the bar, pull, drop down, get underneath there. And I agree with that, you know, and I, I, I kind of use both in my own training. I probably full, I do the full version of the lift more, but I understand the importance of the power versions. And, you know, I'm not going to say that they're wrong or just kind of go on a negative rant, you know, regarding that one blog that we were kind of, started all this i've never i've never heard a coach like say to not pull the bar high and i think a lot of people misinterpret like pulling the bar and diving under i don't think i've ever really heard or read a coach say hey i just want you to pull the bar and like haphazardly throw yourself under so in terms of the power movement and the full lift you're always trying to pull yourself as vertically as high as you can i mean ex like exerting all that force vertically and then kind of just traveling under or retreating the bar. Retreating under the bar is really what people are talking about. Pulling a high power clean, pull clean, hang clean, whatever you got to do to create that violent hip extension is kind of where we're at. 
looking for uh, looking for a good good hard pull. And that's mm-hmm. just our awesome. Uh, Denny, we got some user questions here. Well, we had uh, there were some comments on the forum a few days ago. Uh, it, it seems to be like kind of a, a hot topic. A lot of people have been asking about uh, dynamic warmups, and it seems to be what what are you doing? You know, as far as uh, your your warm up um, for you know the given workout on a, on a squat day. You know, what does your warm ups look like? And uh, I, I think Steve, you kind of chimed in and gave an explanation of what your typical warm up looks like. I did. And is that you know, is that some is it a general warm up or do you just always change it? You know, per movement that you're gonna do. Always different. It's got to be right. Yeah, it's always different. One, I mean, one of the things I've started incorporating, and um, you know, Luke will probably call me out here. I haven't been to the cert yet, but. Um, and I think a lot of what uh, I think you guys talk about this at the service, one of the things I, I've been doing is working on, um, for me, shoulder stability in my warm up because that's a big issue for me thoracic strength, thoracic mobility, and shoulder stability. Um, since I've been doing that, like uh, on the Power Athlete uh, website, they put a video of the, the child's pose uh, movement that they, they do. I've yeah. been doing those kinds of things. And I, it's been like three weeks I've woken up without any shoulder pain whatsoever. Whereas last six months, it was uh, hard for me to pull the covers over me in bed. My shoulders hurt so bad. So, I mean, it's those kinds of things that that dynamic warm up I think really helped me. So I just shared the kinds of things I do on maybe a typical day. And, you know, my wife makes fun of me. My warm up is longer than my workout half the time, but that's because mm-hmm. I'm old. You know, I feel like... <laughs> I mean, I think yeah. I, I think the length of your warm up is uh, directly related to how old you are, personally. You know, I I mean, I know I'm throwing down like 10, 10, 15 minutes of warm up, and I think back to the days when I felt like you know my warm up was like five minutes. You know, like I didn't have enough time. I only had an hour or so to get in the gym before I got home, and I thought of all the excuses in the world. Kind of did some shoulder rotations and and went to war. You know, and now I, I know the importance of like stimulating your central nervous system and kind of prep everything for what you're doing. And, you know, like I might say on an Olympic lifting day, you know, we'll bust out the agility ladder and kind of get the uh, foot mobility working, do wall squats, you know, just kind of prime everything to get it ready. And we do a lot of shoulder stability as well. And We've been doing the child pose video as well. Ever since that came out, that whole movement was like, man, you know, just blown away from it. And I've noticed that I'm able to get elevate my arms more. You know, we probably do that twice a week. Before it was like an inch or two off the floor. I do that sometimes twice a day. Um, I do that movement. And um, with a band, I do like, uh, like, I guess they're called T's where you like pull your scapula back and pull back as far as you can. Cause I'll sit in my office while a student is talking to me and I'll have a, a jump stretch band. They probably think I'm high, <laughs> but whatever. My stability and mobility are important to me. So wait, wait a minute. You, you're using it during your office hours. You have uh, your jump stretch band while your students are talking to you about brain stuff. Ben, listen, I never leave home without a purple and red jump stretch band and two lacrosse balls. What about voodoo floss? Oh, yeah, I have voodoo floss too, but I don't usually wrap myself or I do it underneath my jeans. I heard uh, 
Because the best way to loosen up your shoulders is to use that voodoo floss around your neck. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, bro? I thought we were friends. (laughs) Still no works out. I'm scared that people are going to be doing that. Don't do that. Yeah. Okay. So so this this will be my this will be my last ish uh, episode of Power Athlete Radio. (laughs) Brutal. So let me let me jump in on this warm up thing. Uh, there's two ways to really approach how to answer this question, and I'm not sure whether or not the people are asking for selfish reasons or they're coaching like you guys, and you're you're implementing these warm-ups in classes. There's what we talk about at the seminar is there's really two levels of a warm-up, right? There's a superficial kind of portion where you want it to be fun and engaging and captivating. You want to set the tempo, the workout. If today is a business day or one RM day. The warm-up may be a little different than if you're doing mobility or like a, a skill day or something like that. You know what I mean? But regardless, there there's that portion of it. And then there's the portion that Denny, you were talking about. Stimulate central nervous system, elevate core temperature, prepare movement patterns, prepare uh, joints or, or uh, prepare what you're going to mobilize, prepare what you're going to stabilize, prepare what you're going to be moving around. Like so on a squat day, You want to get your hips rolling, right? You want to get your upper back rolling. You want to get everything going. But warm-ups should be full body. We have an endless catalog of warm-ups on our end of it. And we just kind of been putting it together. And we share a lot of those at the CERT. Denny, you've been there. Steve, no, you haven't. You still haven't seen the light. But we spend literally six hours warming up. Ben, how many hours? A lot. Eight hours? Eight hours warming up at the seminar. Because what we also choose to do with our warm-ups is we build skill on skill. So we build the competency to mobilize, the competency to separate the shoulders from the hips, the competency to separate the femur from the hip. All these things have to do with movement, change the direction, acceleration, running, and stabilizing. So as a coach, you could just say, okay, we're going to do 30 dislocates, and then we're going to do some air squats. And then we're going to do some somersaults, five rounds of Cindy, five rounds of Cindy, and then some box jumps. Like that's fine. What does that do? That elevates core temperature. That stimulates uh, central nervous system. That gets your heart rate elevated. So you're adequately prepared for, a, let's say, a Cindy workout. But are you developing the skill and the body awareness? Exactly, and that's where all, some of these tools. And we're going to do a couple warm up series on Power Athlete. Uh, Power Athlete website and we're going to put some videos out kind of like the child post thing talking about some of the skills that we really really focus on that we find to be absolutely essential in developing any sort of athlete regardless of their training age and what you'll see is we'll take some of these through progression zero all the way through progression five six seven some of the things we don't even cover at the cert because we don't have time but at the end of the day like one of our guys up in seattle uh dominic uh, we call him Dom. He's kind of in street racing, but <laughs> he uh, he has he has some professional athletes in there, and they these warmups are nothing for them. So we have to teach him, and we have to let him know what are the next progressions of some of this stuff to challenge the elite level athletes. And most of the people that we work with as CrossFit coaches, even as youth athletes or even collegiate level athletes, these warmups would torch them and help and really start developing that skill, that body weight. Awesome. But so it sounds like you guys like really hammer that home at a cert because we had a, a submission to the to the context version of the Power Athlete website from Andy Wingard, and he's asking he's asking Luke, um, 
what goes down at a cert and how can I get a cert to come to my area? And you, since you're kind of already going through the whole dynamic warm up, sure. I mean, what could, what else could you expect from a, from a the CrossFit cert? football cert is all about people helping people, you know, uh, you turn the corner, we're right there. It's powerful stuff, but we teach people about really specificity. Uh, okay. So what, regardless of your sport, regardless of whether or not you're into the sport of fitness, soccer, rugby, fencing, like some water polo, all the stuff that we see, how do you tailor a program and what are the things that you have to consider when developing a sport-specific athlete, a very goal-oriented program, rather than taking a broad brush stroke and saying you either take the blue pill or the red pill. uh, It's not that simple if you're looking for an optimal training system. So that's the whole theme of the, the, the seminar. Uh, it's, it's not gender specific. It's not sports specific. We've developed a system that again is accessible and we give you a, the tools to implement it. If you have someone walk through the door and he's a high school athlete and he's like, Hey, I want to gain weight. I need to lose weight. I want to play football. I want to be a wrestler. I'm going into gymnastics, whatever. You have to know what these athletes are training for. You have to have diagnostics to determine limiting factors. You have to address those limiting factors. Then once you've addressed those limiting factors, you've built the foundation. Then once you build that foundation, you develop mobility, stability. Then you build strength, power. Then once you build strength and power, you work on replication. And then you put it in a sport-specific approach. We give you a whole order of operations. You walk away with everything you need to know to implement our system, including a program, two program, programming templates. Uh, and I think like 30... Well, let's just talk about the real stuff. You get to meet us. You get to meet Ben Oliver. You get to meet <laughs> Callie Hinsman. You get to meet Luke Summers and Tex, uh, Tex McQuilkin. Tex by far, dude, since Tex came on, the personality of our seminar staff has at least tripled. He, I mean, he comes up with one-liners that you would never, you would never believe. You're like, well, where did that come from, Tex? He's good. Same jam, different jelly. <laughs> oh, got to get him on the show. We got to, yeah, we'll get him on. We're He's allergic to technology. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, uh, I, I know I kind of went way, way, way into that. What, another thing that's going to be coming out is kind of some insight, some video coverage of some of our seminars. And it's it's about movement. Like, it's about quality movement and how to reinforce that. Um, because a big thing, you know, a few things that we, we reiterate throughout this whole seminar. And, Denny, you, you know, you've been to one. And we've become even more of the repeater. Like each of us hit this. What are you training for? Is the foundation of everything. We need to know what you're training for. This whole thing is about reverse engineering from goals. And then uh, at the end of the day, you know, people don't rise to the occasion. They fall in love with their training. So if your training looks like shit and you don't really embrace quality movement and the foundational elements of what, what you're training for, in your training, then you're never really going to perform at that high of a level. Wow. I'm curious to know how, how have the certs, (laughs) how have they changed in the past couple of years since, um, since I was at that one in Naperville, you know, I don't know if that can be answered in like five minutes, but I mean, how, Uh, what are you guys doing to like evolve uh, the, So, to so Ben's Ben's been doing this for like two years now. He's been he's seen the whole evolution of it. So I'm gonna let him answer this one. 
Uh, in essence, it's just uh, it moves a lot smoother. I mean, in, initially, kind of there was a lot of new questions, and and we were all kind of trying to figure it out. I'd say the first six months to a year was everybody just kind of trying to figure it out. Now, you know, we've seen you know so much. We've seen thousands of athletes who all have the same kind of problems, and we're able to fix it quickly. And we've all been training together, so we all have different experiences now. Um, and that experience just kind of translates to the individual and the coach. When we come out and we, we talk talk through things, we break people down um, on personal experience as well as kind of both knowledge and the other scientific or scientific side, scientific side, scientific side of things. And everything just moves a lot smoother. Uh, I know Danny, when you were at the first cert, I don't know what you think when you were there. I was blown away. You know, that was one of the first um, like certifications that I had went to. So I, I kind of, I didn't know what to expect. That is, I wanted to meet the crew. I wanted to meet John, you know, I wanted to get some insight on like the programming and I walked away like it, it I kind of thought it'd be, you know, a lot of football, hence the name. And it's like, I learned how to be like a, a, a coach in everything, you know, how to move properly, how to use my hips, right. Where, where strength is important and in, you know, in what elements, how to, how to incorporate it all together, you know, and then you get like the nutrition part and that's always interesting to me. So it was like, I, I probably, that's probably the best cert that I've been to looking back now and, and all the other ones that I've, I've, I've gone to. I mean, I, I learned the most at that one. Well, Danny, and, uh, just to it jump was down your throat awesome, you know, that was such a good experience for you, and it's only gotten better. Um, in terms of the knowledge that's kind of being spread out and you know how much stuff's out there in the strength conditioning world, we're constantly reading, we're constantly testing, we're retesting uh, our own experience as well as training more professional and collegiate athletes and developing them and seeing what's really working um, with those athletes. It's super helpful, and we bring all that knowledge and all that experience back to that seminar. We're just kind of, we're here to just help people. We, we make jokes of it, you know, people helping people. But uh, there's a lot of people out there running gyms and in charge of a lot of people's lives that, you know, we need to share our experience. How do you, how do you get a cert to come to your area? Just right. email the, the you know, like email the link on the page? Nearby. So, <laughs> so we need either sexy videos, uh, <laughs> compelling Compelling food challenges. <laughs> so, like, if there's like eat local a, diner, you know, <laughs> local diners that challenge you to eat 15 egg omelets in 30 minutes, sign me up. I'll take it down. Uh, three pound pulled pork sandwiches, six pound burritos, things like that. That's how you get me there. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, like, um, you know, our staff right now, we have five full time staff, one of which is John, who has twin babies. So I can't even consider him full time. On top of that, we have five interns maybe across like regional interns um three businesses back here to run and then a life to live you know like uh there's only so much we can do so there's kind of this tipping point where uh on any we're finally at the point where we can run two certs a weekend but then we also have pocket team series to consider uh so it's like we need hot pockets of you know wherever we need to basically you need to be able to get like 50 people into the cert to make it, you know, to make it a great experience. The more people you can get there, the more that we're going to be able to 
to communicate, pick out certain athletes, specific scenarios, and show how we would correct and coach that stuff. Uh, you need to have the minimum requirements for the facility. We need like 3,000 square feet. You need to be able to, for every four people, you need to be able to load up a bar uh, to 315 pounds in bumpers. You know, so you have to have the equipment. You got to have the the you have to be close to an airport. You have to have the density of gyms around the area. It's just got to make sense. You know, I mean, the honest the honest truth is that I guess good good on us, but there's no shortage of people who want to host the cert, which is you know an awesome thing. It's just uh, is the location appropriate, and um, is the staff or the the host um, you know going to be able to uh, help accommodate the the number of athletes that are coming and uh, really kind of push the, the event in their area. Yeah, when you sign up, like when you sign up to host some of these things, the implication is you're going to have me or Callie or one of our henchmen on your back and you need to sell the cert. Like we don't know, we're, we're not connected in your local network. You know what I mean? Right. So that's like, you're not just, you don't get to sit back and watch people come in. It's not like the level one where you get to open a gym after you have to find the people who really want to learn, who are willing to invest in in bettering themselves as a coach, and who understand that CrossFit football isn't about running routes and hitting tackling dummies. Like it's a training system about taking a sport specific athlete, getting very defined goals, and working towards those goals and accomplishing them, and uh, increasing those biomarkers of athleticism or whatever biomarkers are important in your given sport. How do you fit all that into to a weekend? We talk really fast. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a lot. Um, that's awesome. Um, Luke. It, so real quick, I don't know if I answered uh, Andy's question, but if you uh, if you want one in your area, I mean, we, have a, we literally have a queue of over 350 gyms, and we evaluate. Uh, basically, we try to – hop region to region every six months. So once we get in there, it's usually about, uh, we, we research the person's website, look at their Facebook page, look at their Twitter account, see how active they are in their community and then make sure that their equipment looks legit. So that's, that's basically what we look for. So if you're one of those guys who just shoots us an email and has a shitty website and has no Facebook page, odds are we're not gonna choose you because you have no means to market the whole thing, you know? They shouldn't even ask you guys. I mean, who who the hell are they to? How dare they? I know I went like way off or way into that. I one, think you answered the question. Let's talk about the the travel deal. Yeah, yeah. Kyle okay. Travlet. Kind of a cool name. It's kind of funny. <laughs> He's asking. Uh, he he says. His work requires him to sit on a plane for four to 10 hours at a shot. Um, my, with traveling back on Friday, I feel I might not be able to get my max for game day on Saturday. So um, sounds like he's involved in, an, I think, rugby. Can you guys recommend what would be best to recover from a long travel day? He says uh, he hydrates well, rolls out, etc. I, I had some back and forth with this with Kyle on some separate email. Uh, he's 25. Um, he said his gains have really been accelerating in the last couple of years. Uh, it's because he gave up drinking alcohol for the record. We've noticed we found a really weird correlation that people who don't drink are really good at sports and exercise. 
<laughs> That's amazing. When you're in a profession like you guys run a gym. It's like you know sometimes the gym runs you to the bottle. Uh, let's see what else he played. And he's a rugby player. <laughs> Tuesday, Thursday practice, Saturday games. Okay. Uh, so here is his situation optimal? No, but odds are he's not getting paid millions of bucks to play rugby on Saturday. He's just kind of doing it for passion. Um, we travel quite a bit. I know that uh, when we travel, we try. We have recently been trying to do some sort of exercise, but understand what well, Cali's usually the driver behind that. But you got to understand the stress that travel puts on you. If you're going across time zones, all of a sudden you're going to have elevated cortisol levels. If you do any sort of high intensity stuff, you're going to have elevated cortisol levels. So maybe it's just like bang some weights on the road, do some mobility stuff, do whatever you can to, to reduce cortisol levels because ultimately that's going to res- that's going to lead to better recovery. Yeah, I know for myself, uh, I just try to squat, and I don't know what. Like, I know that might not be the exact answer, but wherever we go, I just try to squat and whatever kind of feels, feels. I just know, like, if I put a heavy bar on my back, I just feel good. I feel better. It just kind of helps me relax a little bit. And I, I still play sports. Um, Luke would argue or contend. And <laughs> apparently at the seminars, I'm not. He's just bashing me in my soccer playing. Erroneous. Um, but I still play soccer and we travel, you know, we leave Friday, we get back Sunday and I, sometimes I have games Sunday night. Sometimes I have games Monday night. I just uh, try to get into the gym and, and do something active just to kind of relieve all that stress. And I know there's all sorts of articles in terms about flying and, you know, the state it puts on your body. Um, so I, we just try to move while you're in the plane. If he has to fly in that end, 10, 12 hours in a plane, it sounds terrible, but I get up and move every hour or so, do something. So an answer, like an answer in a vacuum is quit your job, don't travel anymore. Yeah, it's just not optimal. Yeah. But if you're going to deal with it, well, it sounds like he's doing the right thing. You know, he comes back, uh, he says he rolls out, uh, does some mobility stuff, does some sprinting stuff. Maybe try to squat. Maybe squat's the magic pill. Because I'm with Ben when we, you know, we traveled to Ecuador and we were, we were dragging. And then uh, finally we squatted some weights and it's like it reset, kind of reset everything. And we were, we were rolling from there. Uh yeah, I, I agree. I think squatting is like a miracle pill. But I also um, uh, I'll refer Kyle maybe to uh, Kelly Starrett's mobilitywad.com. I mean, Ben, you made fun of me for having a jump stretch band and voodoo bands and lacrosse balls in my office. But one of the things that happens, I mean, it's not the same as traveling um, on a plane, but when you're a desk jockey, you get tight. And some of the things you have to do are the same things. Get up, move around, stretch, mobilize, even if you have to be on the plane. And sit on a lacrosse ball, or 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 stretch out, or do some external rotation of your hips, or something. It's every bit of that is going to help you uh, when you get back to the gym and actually put that heavy bar on your back. At least that's my opinion. Yeah, no, you're you're right on it. It just becomes like another full time job, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, after a while, it becomes second nature. You know, that's just what you do. You want to move well, you want to play your sport well, but you realize you got to put food on the table, so you you do those weird things like bring jump stretch bands to your office, and you know, whatever. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's okay. I just I sit around and roll around all the cross balls, or do I? Like hundreds at a time. He lays out <laughs> hundred cross balls. It just it's like a, like it's like those beaded chairs you used to see. Really- <laughs> Uh, it takes a lot of time to clean up. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Well, I think that's all we have. This has been awesome. We we're lucky enough to have the whole power athlete or almost the entire power athlete crew here. Um, are there any final words, Denny, that you have? Um, I'm kind of lost for words at the moment, just like in awe of 
I'm thinking about the around at a hundred lacrosse balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This has been a good one. Um, uh, you guys down there in power athlete headquarters, have any final words for the nation? Sign, yeah. from, sign up yeah, for the team sure. series. Uh, yeah. Stay tuned uh, until the next episode. Uh, we'll recap the Baltimore event and talk about uh, everything that went down there. So that should be a pretty exciting thing to look forward to. Awesome. Yeah, it's going to be, we have a lot going on this weekend, right? But yeah, we've got Sir, where? Vegas. Uh, no, Vegas uh, is next week? Yeah, next week. Next week we're going to Vegas. Hey, if anyone has next week open, just fly to Vegas and go to the CERT. It's not that complicated. Uh, it's going to be a party. Vegas. Rumor has it that whenever we go to Vegas, things get crazy. <laughs> like people just showing up straight from the bars. It's crazy. <laughs> not any of the coaches, but more so the attendees. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. We have a strict uh, curfew, 9, 9 p.m. curfew <laughs> that we abide by. Nice, nice. But no, that's it. Thanks a lot, guys. As always, uh, we're official now. Find us on iTunes. We have an intro. In goes the man. And yes. oh, we love our members. They are listening to this now, and they think we talk bad about them. Oh, yeah. And At so, Cross hey, yeah, love the Cross with Bubba people. We have the dream team. Yeah, the dream team. Yep. Bubba Jack. Bubba Jack, baby. So, all right, we're out, guys. Rock on. All right, thanks, guys. Talk to you next week. Bye, guys.